episode seven of Myths and Stories. Stories with our hosts, Mythborn and Zorialis. And today we're going to talk about, and take it away. <laughs> uh, today we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cover uh, Sheer Ido, uh, the the first Queen's Wrath um, from Marasov and the and the Awoken people, uh, and it she's a. We talked about her a little bit before uh, when we covered uh, Marasov's story because you kind of you kind of can't not include her when you talk about Marasov, but uh, she she has she has quite the uh, quite the history there, Myth. Yeah, no, uh, sure has <clears throat> sheer sure uh, has quite the uh, the storied storied life uh during her time with mara as well as some adventures outside of her time with mara um yeah. let's say leading up to uh our current you know our, our guardians interactions with her uh in forsaken um yep. is kind of the the culmination of her story thus far but so in in order to tell uh, Sheer's story. Uh, we have to walk ourselves back a little bit and and tread over some uh, some information that we have already gone over once before back in our uh, introduction to Mara and the distributary and the Awoken people in general. Um, not going to and one thing. One thing to note mm-hmm. is. She is not Shirochi. <laughs> yes, despite Zor- Zor's insistence sometimes that they are the same person, they are in fact not. Something, some disconnect or or un- or reconnect in my brain that every time I try to say one of them, I instantly say the other one's name and vice versa. <laughs> so if you hear one, just swap it out with the other. In yes. In this case, Shirochi is uh, a completely different person, not even the same. Well, I, I guess she's awoken, so she's the same people, but not even the same person or anything. But it, yeah, so I'm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start by doing a very brief uh, retelling of, of history here. So um, we're going to start back in the distributary, which is where the Awoken people first were reborn into after being caught in the middle of the battle between light and dark energy during the collapse. Uh, And uh, they had been reborn into the the distributary. They were an immortal people. They had been there for untold years, untold thousands of years at the point where Sheer becomes a, uh, a prominent figure in the lore as we know it. Uh, this was just prior to uh, the Theodicy War uh, within the Distributary, which was a very small, by our standards, but still devastating by Awoken standards, uh, war that took place between two factions of different theological ideals um 
on one side you had the sanguine which were very much of the idea that uh they they the awoken had been granted the distributary as a a gift from the universe and that they owed no debt for that gift uh, and that they should just continue to live out whatever their existence was within the distributary and then you had the other group which uh, i am failed to write down uh <laughs> the the dia Diaramis, Diaramis, something like we, that. We always, we always screw up their name. The other guys. Sorry to all, uh, the, <laughs> sorry to all the other guys who are Diaramis, Di, Diarama followers. If you want to know how it's said, to... reference back to our previous episode where we got it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I believe it was Diarams or Diarams. Um, regardless, this other group that was more of the mindset that uh, their time in the distributary was as refugees and that they needed to, you know, they needed to return back to the um, the soul system where they had come from because they were they had a debt to the to the cosmos to help uh, resolve this conflict between dark and light. Um and uh, this this difference in ideology essentially uh, eventually led to uh, unrest, which led to actual battles. Um, Sheer Ido was on the side of the uh, dioramas, and uh, she was second in command, essentially, of that group. Uh, and once the the war was ended the leader of that group went missing uh essentially went to go have a visit with mara uh because they were unsatisfied with kind of this this the resolution of the war um and were never heard from again and so the the assumption was by people that that were in the know that mara had most likely uh, murdered the leader of this this dioramas group. So just, just real quick, I mm-hmm. I did take the time to go find it. It's <laughs> we are butchering. It's D I A S Y R M. Diaserum. 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 Okay. Diaserum. Regardless. Diaserum. The D group, Group D. There we go. Languages are hard, <laughs> especially made-up ones. Um, right. <laughs> so, needless to say, um, Sheer, as the second in command to this this group, uh, whose leader has now gone missing and is presumed murdered by Marasov, uh, gets permission from the ruling faction at the time to hunt and take revenge on Mara. Um, so their, their relationship starts out as one uh, of, of enemies, of rivals. Um, and the, the search for Mara takes uh, 
I would say at least a couple hundred years, if not more, before they actually meet up. Because uh, a lot of technological and scientific advancements have been made within that time span to the point where Mara is now a member of that of the current queen's court working on those scientific advancements. And uh, when Sir finds her, she understands that she can't kill Mara. Uh, essentially to, to uh, rid, to deprive the Awoken people of the knowledge that Mara has would be too great a cost for revenge. And so instead she challenges her to a duel and says to choose a champion and uh you know she will either kill that champion um or uh you know maim mara in some way that is is permanent but will not affect her ability to serve the awoken people uh and so of course the champion mara chooses is aldrin her brother who will do literally anything a for a challenge and b if his sister asks it so when it's both it's a guarantee uh so he and sir fight in uh three duels and it's kind of best of three is is the winner uh each duel is using a different weapon uh the first is uh I don't want to say it's with a sword. It's just like hand-to-hand combat. Um, yeah. The, the very, se- very much uh, what I would consider like an, an agility fighter. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. They were on. Were they on a tightrope? Is that am I remembering correctly, or yeah. something yeah. along that line? They were on a. They were on a rope uh, over a. Uh, they were on a net, um, hanging over like a. I think they described it as as like a like a. Uh, I can't remember now, uh, but it, basically, if 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 one of them fell off this rope, it was like to their death type thing. Yeah. Um, so they they both uh, say they they have the first duel, um, which was a, uh, I believe, Aldrin won that one, uh, and then they had a duel with bows, and. Uh, Seer won that one. Um, and that came down to a duel of uh, aerial combat. And Aldrin, being him, his, uh, his sneaky self, uh, they said that they, would, they got their pick of whatever aerial vehicle they wanted to use, and uh, including the loadout, the standard loadout of that vehicle. And... Uh, if it was not, if an item in that loadout was not something they had or something that they could use, uh, they would simulate it. And uh, Aldrin picked a very rickety old uh, battleship, which sure was uh, was very. Uh, she she almost took it as an insult, like what? Yep. Why are you using you know this stupid old thing against me when I'm gonna pick you know when I've she had already picked the the top of the line uh, battle, you know, battle cruiser kind of thing. Uh, come to find, 
the rickety old battleship he chose had tactical nukes on it as part of its standard loadout. (laughs) (laughs) That always always makes me laugh when it's just like, I I can win this. I mean, winning is is definitely like a... I guess in any type of battle, winning is a subjective term. Yeah, <laughs> like because there's a there's a line from a from a um, Megadeth song that I I really like uh, that could possibly be applied here, um, and it's uh, the quickest way to end the war is lose, and so like that like Aldrin's version of winning by setting off this simulating setting off this nuke and just. Not not only defeating uh, Sheer, but also killing everything in a seven mile radius. Like, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, technically, yeah, you won, but <laughs> did you really? That, like, a, <laughs> like, like, define win in this scenario. Like, that's just that's a yeah. So, needless to say, Aldrin wins that battle via simulated nuke, um, and so he's declared winner of the duels and. Uh, Sheer, you know, essentially tells Mara that her, the fate, um, her fate is Mara's to decide. Uh, you know, she is, she's a very honor bound individual. She is, uh, very following, you know, very true to her word kind of individual. Um, and, uh, in my head, not her her physique per se, but her personality type reminds me a lot of like Brienne of Tarth from Game sure. of Thrones. Uh, just to give kind of a a, a, a point of comparison. Yeah. Um, and I, I also mm-hmm. I also real quick went through and, and found the the um, the fight. It was a it was a coolant pod of uh, of the reactors for the main city. Um, so it was a, a coolant pot of heavy water, uh, is what it was. Ah. And that one was a, that one was a draw because Aldrin kept cutting away the 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 net, so that way Shirahido would hopefully tumble through or lose her footing. Uh, but uh, Shir countered by diving at him and then completely threw both of them off balance, and they both fell in. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then in in their in their second one. Uh, it, it was a it was a test of rifles, and Sheer Ido selected a tiger spite, uh, which I've been using a little bit of tiger spite lately. And these reissued weapons are pretty snazzy. They, they, they got yeah, some. They got some good ones. Yeah, they got some good ones. So I'm 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 glad that her tiger spite was able to win that second fight. But so she has uh, she has. You know, accepted defeat has said, Mara, you can choose my fate, expecting to, you know, to to die, essentially. You know, she she came here with the intention of taking the life of, of Mara or, or her loved one and expected the same in return. And what ends up happening is Mara instead says, you are now appointed to be my bodyguard, more or less for life. Um, which... You know, she she accepts that role, uh, and she accepts that role to the point where, when Mara eventually bands together all the like-minded Awoken to leave the distributary to come back to the Soul System, uh, and um, you know, help what's left of humanity after the the collapse. 
I like the line that she, that Mara uses uh, for Shirado when when that defeat does happen, uh, and we call it a defeat. It, ultimately, it was a tie because you had you had the first one was a tie, then the second one uh, Sheer beat Aldrin, and the the third one Aldrin beat Sheer, um, and and so she's sitting in front of Mara, you know, bowing like you know my fate's my my fate's in your hand, and Mara just says to her, "Rise, Shirado, let us take the stars together," and so to me that. That's automatically signaling the the Mara's wanting to return mm-hmm. um, and and to have Shirado as like so I I I I personally took looked at these duels as like a Mara was testing Shir like testing her resolve testing her her um, her combat abilities uh, to actually like for her. I can't say ultimate plan because we still have no idea what the hell Mara's plan is. Uh, but her 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 goal, at least in the distributary, of going back to the soul system and to have to have Sheer as as a mm-hmm. right 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 hand man, basically. No, absolutely, and I I think that um, that makes a lot of sense because we know Mara is always like twenty steps ahead whenever she absolutely. does something. Uh, I and with her. <laughs> right, and uh, really so it it kind of it works because by taking this uh, second in command of the this other theological group, um, you know we know in at least one instance where Sheer uh, directly is directly responsible for a, a member uh, the kind of the third in command of that same group uh, also leaving the distributary. Um, that being, uh, Nama, who eventually became Orin, uh, Sheer was, uh, very good friends with her. And, um, back when they were like in, in the Theodicy War, they, they were, uh, kind of that, that comrade in arms kind of friendship formed. And because of that, uh, you know, she was convinced to leave the distributary with Sheer and, at which point, you know, she became Orin the Guardian and then the Emissary and all of that. So, indir- and we'll find a lot of times, very indirectly, uh, Sheer has has been a part of characters that have gone on to, you know, become a very big part of what's going on right now. Kind of the, the thread that ties a lot of things together. Oh, yeah. Um, but so they, they have left the distributary now, both Sheer and, and Mara, uh, and prior to the first attack by the fallen on the, the newly re-entered, uh, Awoken, um, Sheer tells Mara that she has had a, a dream, a premonition, of her own death, and it's going to be at the hands of these fallen, uh, and says it will be something I choose to do, and it will be incontrovertibly heroic. Uh, and Mara's response is that she is not allowed to die. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and it's said not in a like, not in the fashion you might imagine, not in the like you know the the pleading fashion or the you be careful fashion it's in the the statement of fact yeah you are not allowed to die very, <laughs> very that's very much how i took that as well like that was a very much like a 
Yeah, that was that was that was Mara stating facts there. That's that's a very good way to put it. And uh, and so essentially, what happens is the fallen attack the uh, fleet of Awoken that are are setting up base within the reef. Um, and in that attack, uh, Sheer kind of wins the day via what is supposed to be a suicide mission to blow up the enemy catch. Uh, yep. And that that moment where she should have died, where that should have been the end, and she knew it should have been the end because she had seen it, you know, for days and weeks and months beforehand, uh, she survived. And uh, all she... When, when, you know, she survived that moment, all that was in her head at the time was essentially Mara's, like, very cocky, smirking face of, like, told you. You know, um, and it's implied that uh, through Mara's inherent paracausal abilities, uh, just by being queen of the Awoken... Um, the, the first of the Awoken, that she was able to exact enough uh, change to prevent Shira from, from actually dying, uh, to protect her in some way. Yeah. So, uh, things jump around a little bit from this point forward. Um, as far as chronologically, it's hard to necessarily tell where everything happens. I was going to uh, say, this... this... In in trying to to decipher a timeline, <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> it is so. I I know where things, quote unquote, end. Um, we have a beginning and we have a end. We have a beginning. We, we have an end. That middle that middle bit is the is the, the wishy washy part. The middle's kind of muddled. <laughs> uh, so what I so what I think happens as far as chronologically. Um, is, and this, this is a, uh, a moment that we went over in our previous episode, but I think it is very much worth repeating because it solidifies a lot of the relationship between Mara and Shear. Um, there is a scene after, uh, Riven is found where, uh, Mara has, has truly been crowned as queen and has been acting as queen for quite some time of, at this point of, of the Reefborn, um, Reefborn Awoken. And it, it is, it is known by everybody on some level that Mara has powers above and beyond what any of the other Awoken have. Uh, no one knows exactly what they are. No one knows exactly, you know, what she's capable of, but everyone just has this sense of, of reverence, of um, near godly worship of her uh, within the Awoken people. And uh, Seer comes to Mara and says, you know, there is no difference for you between what is and what is to be. Thus, you are a god now as you will one day become one. And godhood is not temporal. Should I now worship you? Presents this question of, you know, should, are you greater than me? You know, should, should yeah. I be not just bodyguard and companion, but 
but worshiper. Uh, and still in what I think is, is one of the very few scenes where we see Mara with no mask, no, no tricks, like truly no telling the truth. <laughs> no, no secrets in that one. That's, that's, because Mara, Mara, Mara does love a good secret. She does. Uh, but so Mara's response to this question is that that she she kneels, and I think that's significant as well. She is she is putting herself, you know, she she as someone that has always wanted respect, always wanted to be uh, mysterious and on a pedestal and unobtainable. She is physically lowering lowering herself. Uh, below, you know, below share in this case. Uh, and it says, verbatim, Mara kneels, taking her beloved's face in her shaking hands. Sheer, on the day you worship me, you can no longer love me, for to worship is to wield all power, and I cannot love that which has no power over me. So... That pretty well solidifies the relationship between these two, as far as I'm concerned. That's that's, that's me. Was that's like short short of an actual full on ceremony and everything. That's that's the marriage between Mara uh, yes. and and Sheer. She's she's oh, pleading with her. Yeah. Do you know? Regardless of how others see me, regardless of how I'm perceived, I don't want you to ever think of me as above you. Uh, because then that, that is not mutual love. That is, that is worship. Uh, and so Sir tells her, then you will be no God to me. Uh, just reconfirming that, you know, that, that she also wants that relationship to continue as it is now. And this is important. This is, this is a very important note to make. That that <laughs> this is very important cause, note cause, to make because there's there is a lore card later on that we'll discuss eventually, uh, and we're going to get to the bottom of this lore card. Uh, yes, but for now, just remember this: Sheer and Mara, Sheer Ida and Mara, Sheer Ida, Sheer Ido and Marasov are um, are wed basically without 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 any type of formal ceremony or anything but but in that in that sense of because I, I and now this is just kind of me this is kind of just me like looking at it from the outside um i don't think that mara officially wanted any type of relationship with anyone no i still think i still think mara very much is she kind of has I, I don't want to say she wants to be alone, but she has that that bit of uh, of loneliness to her. You know, like she doesn't. I don't think she she. So I can't say she, I, she doesn't want a companion because she she acts like that whole scene with with her and, and Sheer out of there. That that's very much a scene of like she is wanting Sheer as a as a as a companion. I always took it, and I, I think the the other bit about this scene is the fact that Riven's in the room. Um, yeah. And this is the only recorded time where Riven has been able to feed off of Mara. Uh, yeah. Which means that Mara had a desire. 
And the reason why Riven has not been able to feed off Mara up till this point is because Mara's goals, her her future, uh, you know, what would for other people be future wants, future desires, uh, to Mara are set in stone already because she knows everything that needs to happen to make them happen and is so confident that those events will come to pass that they might as well have they they are reality for her already uh and that's that's where that's where that that thing where where sheer says you know what you want and and what is to be that's the same thing that's why she thinks of her as a god because mara does have that level of confidence about her of just this is the path that's going to happen full stop there's there's no like or else or if then no it this is the path that's going to happen full stop and and everything everything that is that is happening is is some other building block in this path or whatever you know like however you want to make that analogy there that's that's what i take uh, uh that's what i take mara's like non-desire desire to be and what what gives this scene a, a tinge of tragedy uh, in my opinion, is that the fact that Riven is able to feed specifically off of the want, the desire that Mara has to be with Shear, implies that in Mara's future, that's not something that's set in stone. That's not something that, that she is confident oh, comes to pass. Uh, because it's it is something that she has a actual desire for, uh, which I never even made that connection. Holy shit! No, that's so all of all of this is being said from Mara's point of view. You know her her, you know asking Sir to don't see me this way. You know I I want to have this relationship with you is all being said through the lens of knowing or or not expecting it to actually come to pass to actually end how she wants it to end and that having that that desire in the back of her head hoping that uh you know that that poor ending quote unquote is not the the route things go um yeah so uh but so after after this, the the relationship is well established in the lore at this point. Um, there's actually another scene that I think is very relevant to where we are going in the story as a whole. Um, that is is hard to place chronologically, so I'm going to place it here. Okay. So this is on the sleepless rocket launcher, and it's essentially. Uh, Shear and Mara presumably in their chambers uh, and Shear has been asleep and wakes up um, at the sound of Mara writing in, in books and journals at the desk at, uh, within these chambers and uh, Shear comes to her and says I was dreaming uh, I saw you on a great black triangle, you split it in two with your bare hands. 
<clears throat> and I was dead, I think. She cracks her neck with a little pop. Or trapped, like in a maze. But pretty close to figuring my way out. Sheer stands up to stretch. She doesn't mind if Mara's not listening. And there was another woman with you. On the triangle, Mara murmurs. Yeah, she was helping. And then your brother showed up and she shook her arms out and frowned, frowned thoughtfully. The dream was starting to fade. He said, Tropea? Or was it tropical? Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. So this dream... There's, there's a lot in that, like... If if any of this dream, because like the whole time she's saying she's telling Mara this, Mara's just kind of like, uh huh. Yeah, she's uh -huh. very much not. Uh huh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh huh. You know. Um, but there's some interesting implications here. So saw you on a great black triangle. We kind of know what that is now. That's uh, <laughs> that to me is too. That's too obvious. Like like there. That's too obvious. You know, like that's. You can't, there's no other, in my opinion, there's no other interpretation of this. That is the darkness. Yeah, um, I, absolutely. And the now the question becomes how much of this is uh, metaphor and how much of this is literal? Um, yes. I, do I think Mara literally cleaved a triangle ship, a pyramid ship in two? I freaking two? hope so. That I would be see so her just cool. A ship, just, <laughs> just jump up in space. Yeah! And, just <laughs> and then like everyone just like oh god uh now that, what <laughs> like that. that would be really fucking cool i don't think it's awesome. gonna happen <laughs> no, no. not not in that way but now now okay so so the other woman i think eris i think savathun see i i could see this go either way i absolutely could um, and the only reason why I say Savathun is because of that black triangle split in half. And if you remember from some of the footage that we saw from from the uh, from the uh, uh, reveal trailer and everything for Witch Queen, there is a darkness ship that is cracked in half. Not only that, it is the raid. It has been what, confirmed like, to be the raid for the expansion. Like, what? <laughs> Tell me this isn't like foreshadowing or something like that. So the only the only thing about that, the only thing about that is that that pyramid ship is in Savathun's throne world. It's in her throne room. Yep. Which means it can show up however the heck Savathun wants it to show up. Actually, it doesn't. Yes. The fact that it's there is interesting in and of itself, because it doesn't because... need to be there if she doesn't want it to be there. Not just that, like it. The the whole thing with her her realm. Like, like we talked, and we've talked about this before, is that everything about it is is to her desire, to her, literally how Mara did the distributary is is how these storm warps work as well. So we don't th that ship could have either traveled there, or it could just be Savathun putting one there. Like, there's so much unknown about why is this black ship, this tri mm -hmm. this triangle ship, in her throne world. Now, my uh, interpretation of this originally, I, I, I like where your head's at there, and I think that would be interesting if that ship tied in with it being a damaged you know, pyramid ship. Yeah. Uh, I'm approaching this more from the metaphorical standpoint. Uh, okay. 
And that's why my initial thought was Eris Morn, because we know Eris uh, has deep ties to Mara, you know, refers to her Absolutely. as my queen, um, yeah. helped Mara build uh, Eleusinia before it became the Shattered Throne, um, you yeah. know, helped Mara build her own throne world. Um, because is, is, is Eris, I, and I think, I don't know if we, if we figured this out or, or, or if we talked about it or not, is Eris an Awoken? I don't think we've had confirmation one way or the other. Uh, and it's kind of hard to tell now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I mean, when you've uh, got high eyeballs and, and dark crap leaking, leaking down your face, it's... Plus she doesn't really have any other openings to see if she has blue skin. So yeah, it, it, she could be, she could not be, I'm not sure. Um, and I have yet to find anywhere in the discussions between the two that, that indicate one way or the other. Sure. Uh, but so we, we know that Eris has been working with her to try to subvert uh, the darkness as much as possible. Um, yep. So from a metaphorical standpoint, you know, cleaving the dark in two could be her and Eris working together to undo whatever the plans are of the darkness. Sure. Um, but I could, I could see either interpretation because I completely didn't even think about the, the throne world pyramid ship. So that would be kind of cool too. So, the, and then the other, the other part in this, in this little deal is the, is the thing about sheer thing that she was dead or trapped in a maze. So I that, have some, me... I have some, uh, some supporting lore in regards to that little bit. Well, lay it on me, baby. So, uh, we're we're getting ahead of us uh, ahead of ourselves a little bit. Uh, we've <laughs> we've alluded. Are, are we are we derailing like we usually do? Not, I don't, not quite I don't to know that. that our... quite to that degree. <laughs> I don't know that our stories ever have a true like one way track. It's just like forty tracks laid side by side, and the train just we're just picking it up and putting it on a different track every once in a while, driving it forward and putting it back on the first track. Yeah. If anything, I think that just shows how interconnected all of the different bits of destiny lore truly are, um, which is is a testament to their abilities in my, my opinion. But so if, if you hadn't guessed, uh, especially by those that have already done the wish under quest, um, sure is not currently in the game and that's because no one knows where the hell she is. Uh, presumed dead, uh, but maybe not. And we'll, we'll talk about some of that as well. But, um, so in regards to the, uh, trapped, like in a maze, but pretty close to figuring my way out. When you do the wish under quest chain, which is tied to sheer Ido, the wish under is literally her bow. Um, there's a part where you have to go through the ascendant realm. Mm-hmm. And while you're there, you get some very interesting dialogue from Toland. Uh, Toland the Shattered, our this guy, resident this guy crazy is... person in the ascendant realm. This guy. <laughs> so Toland says uh, something along the lines of, uh, you must prove yourself to her, referring to Sheer. Uh, because you are collecting the tokens from her previous enemies uh, to present to her uh, statue in the Shattered Throne to get the Wish Under Bow. Basically prove that you're worthy for this bow. Yes, yeah, so Toland 
who only lives in the ascendant realm is telling you you need to prove yourself before Shear will give you her bow and when she does give you her bow at the end of the quest chain she says the line i will seek a way home which makes me think that similar to how mara was in the ascendant plane as just a ball of consciousness similar to how toland is in the ascendant plane as a thousand little balls of consciousness <laughs> uh that maybe sheer has ended up in a similar state and is trying to I... traverse the ascendant plane to find a way back to our realm i absolutely i'm i'm 100 percent with you on this that is that is exactly I could I could not have worded it any better myself. That is exactly what I was thinking as as far as like the maze and and where is Sheer? Like I I am very very under the strong belief that she is just a little ball of of energy or whatever floating around in the ascendant plane trying to figure out how to get back. And so to, so to like to 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 kind of rewind and and say you know she's not in game. She we think she's in the ascendant realm. We don't know how, or or even if that's true. We don't we don't have any exact info, but we do have some circumstantial evidence that lots is very clues. interesting. Lots um, and lots and lots of clues. We're we're gonna back up just a touch before we dive into yep. that because there is another important interaction she has with a character we've all very recently become very acquainted with. Uh, so I'll say this comes from uh, one of the lore books, I believe, uh, around the Dreaming City. Um, and it's describing that uh, a vandal, a, a fallen or a Lixney vandal, has been captured by Sheer Ido and is being brought, uh, presumably as a prisoner, to the Dreaming City. Uh, the vandal is so ashamed at the fact that he was captured, that his captors did not deem him worthy to kill, was is his viewpoint. Um, that he has decided he would rather take his own life than deal with the the shame of being a prisoner of war. Um, and so he finds an opportunity to knock Sheer down. I think he, he trips her, uh, and he just sprints for the edge of a cliff and just dives off yeah committed to <laughs> committed to ending his life versus having the shame of returning to his his house um and, and he's like he's he's shackled at this point like he's yeah he's, yeah no, he's straight up in handcuffs like he's he's just i'm out <laughs> yeah he has he has no hope for survival he is just i'm i'm done with this uh nope. And Sheer, uh, although is tripped up at first, is able to compose herself, run after this vandal, and in you know that superhero moment, grab him right before he's too far down the cliff, uh, and and pulls him back up, and essentially goes, okay, let's start over for a second. <laughs> don't don't be doing that. Uh, <laughs> And so she performs a Elixni uh, bow and ritual 
which uh, is stated as as making peace, uh, a way of of making peace between two elixni, uh, which confuses and irritates and a whole other whole slew of other emotions to this vandal who's like, how the hell do you know all this? Like, I'm really upset that you know this these bits of our culture, but I'm also super shocked. Uh, and there's, there's very there's a there's a lot there like it's that interaction between the two of them is very much like a, a kind of an eye opener for both of them I think yes very much so uh, and so this this uh, vandal is is very perturbed but is also honor bound to respond to this uh, this gesture uh, and so he he responds in likeness. And uh, she introduces herself as Sheer Ido, and this vandal introduces himself as Misrax, uh, <laughs> who she then immediately gets wrong and deems Mithrax, uh, yep. <laughs> and has stuck ever since. Um, and I, I love the way that she does it too. She she like she it's it's very much this like she wants to communicate with him, like she wants to 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 talk to him and and kind of. It, I don't. I don't know if it's a, it's if it's full on like enjoy his company or whatever. But like she wa- she definitely wants to learn more about him. And so w- when she sits down and talks to him, she she sits there and kind of like puts it puts a few fingers to her chest and is like tapping her chest and is like sheer sheer Ido, and then kind of points at him and he just kind of puts you know one of his <laughs> one of one of his many arms at his chest and and says Misrax, <laughs> and it's so it it's very much like. It's that point of when one learns the other and then the other learns back and then they're like, wait a second, what is happening here? Like, I'm your captive. You're my capture. I'm, I don't want, what? Like, it's, it's, it's a very confusing, in my opinion, for both of them. That's, that's how I read it at first. And, and then like, to think of it from Sheer's side where she's just like, I just, I just want to learn. Like, let's, let's learn. And then for Mithrax to be like, who who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. like what? What do you mean? Let's learn. I don't want to learn. And and then the, and then that that moment of like that I I don't I don't want to say like Myth, Mithrax kind of letting his guard down or not because I don't I don't know if that was the thing or not of of him being very guarded or not. But um, I think from an Elixir standpoint, he, they they are just a very guarded uh, yeah absolutely just in general. And so that's that's where like I see that as him kind of like letting his guard down and going, huh? All right, I'll play this game with you. Yeah. So um, so that starts the relationship between uh, Mithrax and Sheer, uh, and it's very much a relationship of um, you know camaraderie of learning from each other and uh, you know just being being buddies really. Uh, yeah, I think him meeting her uh, did a lot to give him the the capacity for trust that that has led him to become the Cal of House of Light as we know him. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not sure how long they spent together, but it, it's implied that it was quite some time. You know, a number oh, of yeah. years at least. Um. Uh, you know, and, and they had a relationship, uh, they had enough respect for each other that, you know, he very specifically, uh, sought out 
to visit her grave uh, after her presumed passing uh, and, and went so far as to name his daughter after her. You know, Ido, the scribe of, of House of Light, uh, is directly named after Sheer Ido. Um, so the, it, it's, it had a very big impact on Mithrax and he would not be, he and, and the House of Light probably would not exist as they are today without the interaction between those two. Uh, yeah. So it's yet another thread that she is tied to within, you know, the the greater story. Absolutely, and 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 very much that that. Uh, yeah, I I I I think of that first interaction of of the two of them being like Mithrax's like. I don't say overarching theory behind other species, but it's to me to me I read it as. Mithrax is, is saying, okay, well, maybe maybe there's more than just being a Kel of Kells or, or, or a Kel of anything or or in charge of a house or anything. Like, maybe maybe there really is more to this universe. Yeah, and I, I remember, um, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me and I don't remember the exact dialogue, but during this, during Season of the Splicer, uh, Mithrax says something along the lines of, um, you know, I was... I was spared once and befriended, or I, I was spared and befriended once by an Awoken and then again by a Guardian, us, in the mission yep. on Titan. Uh, and to and to be shown mercy twice by two different groups touched by the light um, made me believe that there is the possibility of, of trust between us. Uh so I, I absolutely think that that though her the interaction with Sheer and then again the interaction with us um, as the guardian like that that is what caused him to to be who he is. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, now we come to the. Big question mark of the fate of Sheer Ido. Um, and so, I mentioned Orin previously because she plays a very small role in some of the information that we gather. And, and Orin in and of, has her own story in and of herself that is also fantastical and is something we need to go over. Uh, but I'm only going to touch on the little bits where she pertains to Sheer. Um, sure. So Orin was previously Nama. Uh, Nama, the, uh, the Awoken that came from the distributary, was uh, very, very good friends with Sheer um, in the distributary as well as outside of. Uh, and she wanted to spread uh, gospel, essentially, spread, spread word of, you know, Mara uh, as queen and kind of how she is is trying to help people. Uh, yep. During her mission to do that, um, she was killed by by Risen. Uh, it described uh, something along the lines of uh, Risen that were were so scared of themselves they were scared of everything else. Uh, and and I, she... I take that to be the first 
the first risen like yes during the, the warlord era's risen. dark age kind of time. Warlord. yep yep um yep. so she was she was killed uh by the risen and then subsequently was revived by a ghost and became a guardian and took on the name Orin. Um, and Which that's 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 all I I don't know why I, I don't know that it's bugged me or, or or what, but it 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 it's kind of a middle finger to her. It feels like you know, like a little bit, yeah. It, it's... These 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 risen who have no idea what the hell they're risen for. They don't know what these they they have powers and they can't die. What what do people that are with powers that can't die? Well, we're gonna kill everything else around us that can't die, and then for it for her to be brought back as one of like that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> I, you could say the same thing of Aldrin. Like, dude had a messed right. up life of <laughs> just being. Huh? put in in situation after situation sometimes you know often not by his own accord often by some user of or you know after effect of light uh only to then be manipulated and then murdered by presumably a light bearer uh to be then brought back as one like the same kind of thing like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and and to yep. that to that effect, we have no idea how many of the current guardians were just mortal civilians during the Dark Age that had the same thing happen to them. Yeah. Yeah. So, regardless, there's, there's the, yeah, there's there's yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack <laughs> with Orin, which we will absolutely do in a later episode. But all we need to remember about her for this point in time is. Uh, she was previously to being a guardian, uh, a very close confidant of Queen Mara, a friend to Shir Ido, um, and is now a guardian with absolutely no memory of that. Um, and she comes back to the to the reef, uh, kind of chasing the the idea of who she once was, trying to figure out some information about herself, um, what her mission was, and meets with Shear and meets with Mara uh, and is more or less told exactly how, you know, what, what she was prior to becoming a, a guardian, which is very rare. Uh, yeah. Even, even amongst Awoken where Mara pretty much does know the story behind a large majority of the Awoken guardians, um, either directly or indirectly. <laughs> uh, she very intentionally does not tell them anything about themselves with the exception of Oren. Um, and uh, essentially Mara, you know, says, you know, by reef law, by queen's law, uh, you have broken, you know, broken our laws. You are trespassing in the reef and, you know, there, there is consequences for that. Uh, and what, what she decides is that, uh, you will owe me a favor, essentially. Like I will call on you to do something for me at at some time in the future, and you will do it. Um, in in exchange for all this information, and exchange in exchange for your you know tra- transgressions against Queen's Law. Yep. Uh, which she accepts, and unfortunately, when Mara calls in that favor. It is because 
Shir Ido has been found dead. Um, and there's some information. We have a little bit of information about that. Uh, from the, the meeting, well, there's a couple things here. But first, uh, so Oren goes to meet with Mara. Um, and uh, Mara tells her that uh, I need to know who killed her. You know, who killed Shiraido. Uh, and Oren, goes, Oren essentially knows, do you need to know? Do you just want to know who it was? Or do you want to take revenge on them? And Mara tells her, you know, I just want to know for now. I'm not sure if it was a murder. Uh, and she hands Oren a strange coin that the search party found on Shear's body. Uh, and if we read into this a little bit, strange coins were used to be the currency that you used to pay... Uh, Zur, who is a uh, also an emissary of the Nine. Bam! Bam! So <laughs> we have some some implications here that so maybe that, that helps that helps lead to that theory of of Shirado being possibly captive of the Nine. Right. Um, maybe or, the or, or, the nine are are involved in some way. Something. Um, like it's it, it's very much like because I don't I don't remember the 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 where that lore specifically is. But if they capitalize the word strange coin, then that's absolutely what it is. Like that's it's not it's not even it's not even like a like a metaphor anymore. Like that is that is the strange coins that we paid Zer. Well, that's and the it's currency of. It's definitely not a metaphor because I don't know if they capitalized it in the lore card, but Oren tracks it to Zer. She oh, finds well, she finds Zer and uh, essentially tortures the poor guy uh, to to <laughs> which, find out. Which is like, why he has the limp now. Like that's why he's. That like, is exactly why. <laughs> that's literally um, like, in game. He has he's like hunched over and he kind of he's got kind of like a broken arm. It feels like or looks like, and he is literally that way because Oren beat the crap out of because him. Because <laughs> Orid beat the crap out of him. Um, and all Zer says is, uh, you know, please forgive them. I, assumedly talking about the Nine. Um, yeah. Now, we, we get into some interesting territory here because a lot of things line up for the Nine, but there are some things that don't. Specifically... Well, actually, I'm going to take a step back first because those those discussions are going to be long. Uh, so <laughs> I want I want to I want to talk about a couple other points first um, okay. regarding the murder of Shir Ido and the state her body was found in. Uh, so if we look at the Oath Keepers, the exotics uh, hunter gloves. Uh, yep. A the statement on Oath Keepers, the the flavor text before the actual lore card is a statement from Shir Ido saying, I have not yet met my true death. Uh, we do not know the context of when she said that, but if we, if we want to assume that this was after, you know, when uh, Mara saved her, um, 
from from her original you know predicted death like sir seems to have known something was coming um so on the oath keepers it talks about uh her body being discovered by uh corsairs by by uh soldiers of the awoken and that discovery being brought to mara for the first time um and this confirms that her body was found during the reef wars uh between the awoken and the house of wolves so we know that that's that sheer died sometime within that you know within that conflict um and the state of her body is interesting so uh mara asks did you find her bow and they say no her bow was missing and then mara asks what about hugin and moonin and the corsair responds both the ahamkara are dead and their and their bones do not speak which is funny because we know where those are Yes, we know where Hugin and Moonin are. Um, and, and their bones absolutely speak to us. <laughs> well, they trade with us. <laughs> they, they give us things. I'll, um, gi- I'll give you that one. I will, I'll give you that they, one. They don't literally speak. Uh, but, so there, there's some interesting implications here. Um, first, her bow is missing. So Wish Ender was not on her body. So then how the hell did it end up in the statue to be given to us? Yep. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Mara found it and put it there because Mara is the one that carved that statue. Um, yep. maybe it was and, found and, you and put I, there. And you and I were running Shattered Throne earlier today. And, yep. and when we came across the statue, my first inclination was that the statue is very much Amethyst, just like Savathun is right now. And so that's, that's where I was making a, a, I wouldn't say an improper connection, but but I no. I couldn't I didn't know if that was actually Sheer Ido there in the Shattered Realm encased in Amethyst, or if it was a statue built to honor her. And it, and it's very much Mara has built the statue. Like it it is it is a, a a built thing. Yeah, they they describe Mara as carving the statue. Um, so create in my viewpoint created, and it's just a statue. Yeah. Um. So her bow is missing, but ends up at her statue in the shattered throne, which is in the ascendant realm. So this is, this is something to support that her spirit is floating around and she was so attached to that bow. That bow was so, was such a personal item for her that maybe it manifested, you know, just from her will. Maybe it, um, was intentionally given to us as as the guardian we don't know how much assuming she's in the ascendant realm we don't know how much she has been able to to know about what's going on in our world but uh tolan certainly seems to know things that are going on outside the ascendant plane uh so it's not completely unbelievable that she wouldn't um plus you know, again, if we assume she's in the ascendant ascendant plane, we know that Mara went through the ascendant plane. There's no indication that they ever met each other. If if Sheer is there, but she did meet Toland, and again, Toland could have yep. passed info along. 
Um, so when, when she meets when Mara meets Tolan in there, like Mara's like <laughs> like is... screams at him, and yeah. he's just like Bah and runs away. <laughs> like yes, this, so maybe meet is not the wrong is not the right <laughs> word there. Uh, <laughs> traumatize, <laughs> traumatized by it. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, that's just yeah. But so the other thing that I find interesting here is the mention that there were two Ahamkara with Shear. Uh, and that both were dead alongside Shear's body and that their bones did not speak. So I think I think that is also important. Um, I did not find any reference to either Hugin or Moonen outside of this one lore card and their skulls in game. Uh, that's crazy. We have no like idea who where these Ahamkara came from, what their purpose was. Uh nothing um presumably they were allied ahimkara because you know they their their skulls have been given kind of you know pedestals to be on within the dreaming city uh i wonder if perhaps they were children of riven um uh, very unsure now the other thing that really makes me wonder is because uh, the, the purpose of these Ahamkara is because uh, on in the Dreaming City, you can do the exploration missions, like go, go to this point and scan kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And the you, patrols. And, and it's, uh, is it, uh, is it Shirochi that's, 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 it is actually Shirochi that gives you dialogue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Not, not in my head, Shirido as Shirochi. No. <laughs> It is Shirochi. The Techian Shirochi talks to you on these, on these, and she gives you information about the Dreaming City. Yes. Um, so, on uh, the the patrol that leads you down to the chamber, uh, I believe it's Harbinger's Recluse, um, the the chamber where Hugin and Moonen's skulls are. Yep. Uh, Shirochi gives you this dialogue. She says, this chamber was refashioned in honor of Sheer Ido, the first Queen's Wrath, when she was found dead. She was a fearsome warrior in her own right, the only Awoken to ever survive an Aphelian attack, and a skilled hunter of traitorous Ahamkara. So, was she hunting Hugin and Munin at the time that this happened? And if there are traitorous Ahamkara, does that imply there are also additional allied Ahamkara? Um, or, or used to be at some point. Because uh, Petra and others do reference Riven as the last Ahamkara. Now, maybe they don't know, because that, yeah. that's certainly a possibility. Um, but the they at least had given Shear the job of hunting traitorous Ahamkara, whatever that means. Traitorous! Traitorous Um, snakes! So the other thing that I find interesting about this bit uh, from Shirochi in particular is the mention of Aphelion. I... And I don't have a whole lot of good info around it. Uh, 
and say a lot of the things that I find out about Felian um, are tied to like are tied to uh, those lore entries of like ships calling for Mayday yep. and whatnot. Um, yep. But no real good indication of what it is. But she well she did. is the only Awoken to survive it, whatever it is. <laughs> um, as with much as in Destiny's lore, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, sorta, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I did find this one instance, and this is actually coming from um, Emperor Callus, uh, one of his. Uh, scribed histories from the the chronicon um so you know take it all with a a grain of salt um as with everything in destiny Lord. as with everything in destiny Lord, <laughs> but callus especially because he's very full of himself uh it says uh as a courtesy the vanguard of earth was permitted to leave the leviathan unharmed um and the shadow of earth gathered the loyalist forces after the reclamation of athenium world 10 which held in it the secrets of one of the most advanced predators in the system, the Aphelion, which had the power to devastate whole worlds in the blink of an eye. The Shadow was able to use this lost knowledge to rebuild the Loyalist fleet stronger and more magnificent than ever. So, by Callus's account, the Aphelion is the most advanced predator in the system. Um, what is it? But what is it? What the hell is it? The only the other one of the other references we have is that there is a lost sector in the Dreaming City called Aphelion's Rest. Presumably Ooh. the Aphelion that Sheer killed um or or survived the fight with. Um it I don't know, man. Like to to me that it to me that says Ahamkara Worm God. Maybe I'm the the part that makes me pause is the most when when it's described as the most advanced predator in the system because advanced doesn't make me think ancient and primal. Advanced makes me think technologically Ooh. advanced, and and maybe that's a misinterpretation. It could certainly mean a number of things, but that's where my like head where goes immediately. I like where you're going with that. You may be you may be onto something there. So another little bit um from Shiro Chi regarding the Aphelion. Uh this is if you do the pilgrimage patrol to the gardens of Acelia and you're looking at the Techian statues in that garden. And she says those statues there those Techians died a vicious, irreversible death. They died in trance, each one screaming with the other's voice, each one unable to comprehend the horror of the thing that had killed him. The Techians you see here died while they were in trance together. Um, sometimes when you are in communion, you cannot see what is coming close, like the Aphelion. Their last words were these. First it shimmered, 
then it crawled, then it screamed. Uh, Holy cow! Well, and that's that screaming bit is is we see that a lot with Ahamkara. Yes. Um, both both Ahamkara and anything to do with with um, uh, traversing between um, our world and the ascendant plane. We do see it a lot with Ahamkara. I would expect if anyone's going to make a connection to the Ahamkara, though, it's going to be the Awoken Techians. Like, sure. They, they seem to refer to it very specifically as a different thing. Um, as a thing in and of itself. And and there's additional stuff that Shirochi says. So that you can get a number of dialogues um, from the same location. Uh, and there are two other dialogues that mention the Aphelion. It says, These three Techians were victim to the Aphelion, I pray you I pray you never see it, my friend, because no matter what gods you have killed, you will not survive it. Uh, this thing this thing is And the last one says we Techians are taught absolute obedience to our queen. We have no desires but what our queen desires. We have no fears but what our queen fears. Good traits, but weaknesses against certain enemies, like the Taken. Like the Aphelion. So, I uh, Dude, I think we've I think we've we've asked more questions than we found answers to. <laughs> this so is, this is there. There is a thing out there somewhere that's real fucking scary. That's called the Aphelion. That's what we've learned. But um, it has been killed. Well. N. Aphelion has been killed. Oh. We don't know if Aphelion is the name of the thing or the name of the species. So I, I, they imply... So um, going back to the, that one I was talking about in the Harbinger of Seclude, says, This chamber was refashioned in honor of Sheer Ido, the first queen's wrath when she was found dead. She was a fearsome warrior in her own right, the only awoken to ever survive N. Aphelion attack and a skilled hunter of traitorous Ahamkara. So they refer to it as N. Aphelion, as in one of one a group. One of many. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a whole species of bad things out there what that the we have not even met before. Um, to the point where the Techian, Shuro Chi, is telling us, I don't care what you've done, I don't care what gods you have killed, you're not living through that thing. Uh, what the hell is it? Which just goes to show even more the power, the mortal power of Sheer Ido if she was able to go toe-to-toe with one of these things and live to tell the tale. That, that I, I feel like there's, I feel like it's more than just that, though. Like, I, I, I definitely feel like it's, it's part of that um, magic. I put that in mm-hmm. in quotations. Uh, that is of the Awoken people and that connection to Mara. I I would I believe so too. It I think always there's a, I seems... think there's a lot there that it, it, well and, and like her 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 first where she was like this is where I die and then when the explosion happens on the on the catch and it, it she's thrown from the explosion and is alive. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a like. That's that's the weird part. That's the. 
that's the one where it's like, well, what the heck, you know? So, uh, so yeah. now that we've thoroughly derailed onto a boogeyman that we didn't even know existed. Uh, yes. <laughs> so to, to roll back to share a little bit. Um, so the other, the other part of this, uh, where they mentioned she was a skilled hunter of traitorous Ahamkara and she was found with the body of two Ahamkara, Hugin and Munin. Uh, was she hunting them? Were they allies to her while she was doing whatever it was she was doing? Um, but if they were, regardless, if they were there at the time of her death and she had a desire that this, I have not yet met my true death, could they have wish magicked her into the Ascendant Realm? Could that Holy be shit. how she ended up where she is? Because she had the desire to continue living, and they made it happen in traditional Ahamkara form, probably not in the way she imagined or, or would have wanted if she had the choice, but she is still out there somewhere. Yeah. No, this is like there is so much more to every and and we (laughs) we say this every week when we when we we myth and I always think of like this, like, oh, there's just going to be this little small story and it's going to be cool and we're going to tell it and it's going to be done. And then that's it. No, 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 no. Every single week we go through these stories and we're like, what the hell? And we find all these crazy little things, and we're like, what the hell? And then it becomes this bigger, intertwined, like every every little bit of this is 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 intertwined with every other little bit of, of destiny. There's so much happening that it's 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 genuinely hard to separate any one any one part of a story from any other part of the story. It really is all of these characters, um, all of these entities, the nine and the darkness and the Ahamkara and the Awoken and, uh, you know, the, the hive and Savathun, they all have such, they all have such overlapping motivations. They all have like, there are so many things that, that tie them together that like, eh, Honestly, the the only thing I can even begin to compare the the Odyssey that is all of the Destiny lore to would be something like uh uh you know the the entirety of Tolkien's written work or something you right. know where it's just this huge world and all of these different rules of how that world works are so intricately woven into all these different characters and these set pieces and these cultures. And it just, you, you pull on one thread and you can see how it's tied to this whole web of other things. 60, 60 more threads come loose. And and then each one of those threads are tied to 60 more threads and each one of those threads are tied. Yeah. It's yeah, no, there is so much to everything. Like it's, and I think I think that's what that's what I absolutely love about these stories that that we keep doing every week of of the lore, where we try we try to take just one bit of it and just look at one small section of it, and try to wrap our minds around that, and then slowly build these connections 
to other parts of it. And and I was saying this to Myth earlier too when we were running Shattered Throne. I'm so glad that we covered Mara's story pretty much in its entirety without even knowing that Mara was going to essentially be the, the 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 center of Season of the Lost. So we had a real good refresher on her entire story and and what she what she thinks, how she thinks, like uh, to have that refresher and then to to have that kind of forefront the the entire time we're doing um, season of the lost. So it's, there's all these little things that we that we've come across. It's like, oh, okay, well that's that makes sense now because of this and that that's happening because of that. And oh yeah, that happened over there. I forgot about that. And da da da. Like it's I think I think there's so much more in this season that we're gonna that we're gonna find. Uh tied to Mara um, that's that's going to mean a lot I I agree wholeheartedly and I especially going through now the um, the lore of, of Sheer I really hope she comes back as some kind of even if it's not a main character some kind of side character some kind of of mention because everything that's been going on with her up, you know, through her story and the, the visionary dreams she had, uh, you know, of, of Mara and the darkness ship and being in a maze, um, like all of that is so relevant to what's going on right now. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't not see. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. Everyone. This, this is, this is Labor Day weekend. Uh, the not even the third week of of the season. Uh, I'm saying it right now that Shirado is going to be part of the season. I would be very very happy if she was. Uh, full full on full on prediction right now. I think um, that her entry into this season at some point could be that wild card. Uh, so because we, we know how the season's going to end by nature of right. knowing, or at least we assume we know by nature of <laughs> the trailer from the witch queen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we know that Savathun gets free and is our enemy is the big bad of the witch queen. Um, yeah. she's been confirmed as a villain. So unless that is like the best kept secret in Bungie history and they're all trolling us, uh, she she's the bad guy. I mean, um, it... I mean, it'd be <sighs> it'd be really interesting if they if they kept it quiet and she wasn't the big bad. Uh, would you, but would let's you put it past them though. Like, I think if they could do it, they absolutely would. But I also think if we tried to base all of our theories off pure speculation, then like it, we <laughs> we wouldn't get anywhere. <laughs> we wouldn't get anywhere. <laughs> so that would happen. Taking the information we know now, <laughs> as as we know it currently, um, yeah, something happens this season that Savathun is free to go back to her throne world and do whatever bad stuff she's going to do that we're going to go stop her from doing. Yeah. Uh, that implies that Mara's current plan of take the worm out and kill her doesn't work. 
so, so and there's so there's an interesting thing there, um, and I know we're kind of getting away from Shirado tonight, um, uh, but it, the, the worms that so 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 the 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 hive as we know it are a combination of krill and worm, right? Correct. Yeah. The krill have to have these worms in order to live longer than like 10 years or so. Yeah. I think, I think it's 10 or 15, something like that. So without her worm, does she effectively age rapidly and die? Not if she has access to the light, perhaps. That was my thought too. Like if she has either access to the light or access to the dark, something that, especially the light, because we always attribute the light with being the resurrection, the, the, the mm-hmm. revival of, of dead things. Um, and even, even her skill of necromancy, like who's to say she can't necromancy her way back to life that way. So that's, it, there's, there's a lot there to be said as far as like, what, what would a, what would a hive without its worm, what would a hive without its worm be or krill without its worm be? Would it, would it, would it just wither up and die instantly? Are they, are they, do they look the way they look when we come across them as hive because they are ancient now? Like, is that like, I, yeah, there's a, the, damn it. More before questions before we get, before we get too far down that thread, I want to finish up the last little bits of Shirido here. Um, okay. and then we can go into bonus round with bonus round with some Sabathun theories, uh, because I, I absolutely have some theories as well that I want to, I want to bounce off you. Um, yeah. so to, to wrap up some of Shirido, so her body's found, uh, the only other thing here. So we've got kind of one option or, or one potential thing. She's in the ascendant realm, uh, by nature of an Ahamkara wish or something else. Uh, it seems pretty the the evidence is is definitely pointing towards the nine being responsible for her death uh Absolutely. in some fashion and, and actually when mara first sees the the strange coins um that were left on her body she refers to it as wear guild uh which is the the act of uh compensation for um, killing a family member. Um, Interesting. So that that was a, a medieval practice. Uh, when, uh, say, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, when a member of a family was killed in combat, uh, so like say the son of a duke or um, you know a supporting vassal was killed in combat, uh, you would pay a wear guild to the family uh, as compensation for that death. Um, Interesting. So the fact that that the nine or, or strange coins, which are have only ever been in reference to the nine, uh, were used as a wear guild, or as Mara perceives it as a wear guild, uh, pretty much tells me the nine were responsible. Um, directly or indirectly un- unknown because the nine don't really get how mortals work. <laughs> it's, uh, they, it's, it, we are such a mystery to them just by nature of what they are. It, or I say what they are, like as if we know what they even are. Like that's 
even that's a that's uh, its own episode. A, yeah, yeah. Um, We're definitely. I, we tried to cover the nine once in like a quick like. Bloop. Nope, nope. Yeah. Just like everything else in Destiny, a quick ain't going to happen. It didn't go work. Uh, but the thing is that the nine are have have the ability to, to communicate with us uh, as as we are the the entities that they are can communicate with our plane of existence easier now because they have the emissary at the time of Shear's death they did not have the emissary of the nine because Orin had not become the emissary yet right uh so the only thing they had that was even remotely close was Zer. And Zer was kind of an experiment of the nine slapping together parts to see what sticks. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So he's not exactly well equipped to be, uh, you know, having a conversation with an, somebody in our existence. <laughs> yeah, to to do just, his job. Just, just because, just because simple like simple things. I, I say simple things, but. Um, Having a a form, having a a body, is not something that the nine even like. Having hunger, having like things that I would say we as people, as 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 mortal beings, just that's just an everyday thing to us. They don't even have that concept. Like they they are a consciousness of themselves. Yes, um, they are. They are so far removed from what we perceive as reality that they they cannot perceive our reality, um, and that's that's the whole reason why they even need an emissary because they yeah. they need someone to be that middle ground to be that 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 uh, um, to be that level of that bridge you know like that 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 something that can be of the nine and of humanity. And be able to kind of like it. I think of it as like an interpreter. Yes, exactly. Translator, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to, to wrap up the nine's involvement here and just kind of, uh, cement that they were a part of whatever happened, uh, is the wish ender lore card, which I'm just going to read its entirety because it's all relevant to a degree. This is this whole, this whole, and, and, uh, we keep I I know we mentioned this before, but like Wishender is obviously Shirado's bow. We go on a quest to um to um, acquire retrieve it. Said blow. Acquire yeah. it. Yeah. No, acquire is a better a better word there. Um we go on a quest to acquire it and then we uh um uh it this is a huge bow. It's 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 because it's not even a recurve bow, right? Like it's it's a no, long No, this is long bow. This is traditional longbow, and uh, as a longbow, Sheer is described as being very tall. I think I want to say she was described as being seven foot tall, and the bow being nine. Yeah, uh, something like. And I, I used to be under the under the impression that like we as guardians had shrunk down the bow. No, no. If you've got that bow on your back in the tower, it is literally like four feet over the top of you. It's pretty huge. Uh, it's huge. It's freaking huge. So, but no. So, Wishender on its lore card reads as thus. Sheer Ido stood, slow joints snapping, second to none but the sobs themselves. 
stood straight-backed, sharp-sighted, pleased to skewer enemies at any distance. Uh, and just to, to break away here, I am intentionally not punctuating things because there is no punctuation written in this. Yeah. Um, which is which is part we'll, of the mystique we'll behind it. Yeah. Uh, sure, Ido listened close, head cocked, arrow knocked, listened to her queen's layered lies, and heard only the truths as endless courtly complaints flowed around them like the mist of the Divalia. Sure, Ido watched shadows, wind warp, widen, watched surveillance feeds, encrypted snaps, the weapon hand of every woman and man. Who wished an audience, sheer Ido, swore with revelation, righteous fury, betrayed, 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 swore an oath to rise again, sheer Ido, drew, loosed, fell, lost. So, <laughs> um, the, uh, the lack of punctuation. And if you're reading the card, uh, the way that certain phrases are presented, um, such as the, the betrayed being repeated, um, the word lost at the end has spaces between each, each character. Mm -hmm. uh, all of those are very much how we have seen dialogue written as being from the nine previously. Yeah. Um, so that that really cements that the nine is a part of this. The the message here itself is a little cryptic. Uh, I do think it's worth noting that there are nine betrayeds in a row. Uh, nah, fuck. <laughs> so I don't know if oh, that. <laughs> I didn't even count them. I just read them and was like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's probably the nine. That it that. Confirmed. So that that, that all but confirms. Uh, now, so there are some Get questions. Here. I didn't even count them. God dang it! There, there are some there are some questions here. The the first one I think seems to be. So I'm I'm actually reading this not as sure describing things. I'm reading this as the nine observing her. Yeah. Um. So the the first bit stood stood slow joint snapping second to none but the sobs themselves uh stood straight backed sharp-sighted pleased to skewer enemies at any distance uh listened close head cocked arrow knocked listened to her queen's layered lies and heard only the truths as endless courtly complaints followed so i read that entire thing as she is being body she is on guard bodyguard for Mara in Mara's court as she's accepting royal retainers to tell her about what's going on in, in the Awoken Kingdom. Um, and, and the nine as observers are just watching. Yeah, th this is just the nine, you know, kind of stream of consciousness, what the nine are observing about Shear, uh in this environment of like her day-to-day -day job, essentially her day-to-day -day life. Uh, and this, the second bit, I think is a little more relevant to the actual, you know, time of, of her demise or, or her, her fate. Um, so again, sure. I know watch shadows, wind warp widen, watched surveillance feeds encrypted snaps, the weapon hand of every woman and man who wished an audience, 
Uh, so I think that is also just sure is always very wary of the shadows is always, you know, on surveillance, uh, before, before somebody can get an audience with the queen. Yeah. Uh, now this, this bit I think is particular to the moment that she, she died. Uh, sure. Ido swore with revelation, righteous fury, betrayed nine times, swore an oath to rise again. Sure. Ido drew loosed, fell and lost. And there's like the, the interpretation of that, it can go so many different ways. It really but can for, so for me, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull it up just so that way I can kind of mm-hmm. keep my thoughts in order. Um, as, as I'm explaining them in, in relation to these, this lore entry itself. So to me, um, when it, when it starts with the, um, she swore an oath with revelation, righteous fury so like that was like the the you know the word being the wrath well the queen's wrath there yes but i i had pause on the word revelation so sure ido swore with revelation righteous fury revelation would imply to me that she discovered something to cause yes. this righteous fury um, and the fact that immediately after that, we just have the word betrayed over and over again. It, on one hand that could be read as like sheer discovered something that she had been betrayed. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, because it is written in the way it's written with no spaces between betrayed and betrayed being written nine times is that the nine stating that they were betrayed by Sheer and that she was realizing that they were trying to seek revenge against her? Holy shit. I can, I can very easily see that interpretation going either way. Either she discovered something and was betrayed and thus swore to rise again, or the nine were I betrayed... Always... And she discovered they were coming after her and then swore to rise again. Holy shit. So I always... Holy shit, man. Dude, I've never even... I've never even thought to think of it that way, but that's... That's absolutely something that could be... So, and to offer a little more support for that, we know that Mara gifted Skolas to the nine uh back in d1 as part of the the uh, house of wolves um and that the nine kind of spited that gift and let skolas free uh presumably to seek revenge against mara so there seems to be something of a strained relationship at least at at this time in Destiny's timeline between Mara and the Nine. Now we don't know the details of what that is, right? But maybe this is it. Maybe Mara had Sir do something that betrayed the Nine, and the Nine sought revenge against Sir. And then, additionally, when Mara tried to patch things 
by making an offering of Skolas, they're like, no, fuck you. And they they let him go and said, go kill her. Uh so the, there's so there's so much there, and and especially coming back to the the, the strange coins found on on Shirado's body, and and like there's there's so much there that's like a part of everything, where where the 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 the, the swore notes to rise again. That to me is like the e- either either Shirado literally willed herself into mm-hmm. the ascendant plane, or if she was with those those ahamkara mm-hmm. and she desired it they they she ba- they basically wished her into rising again but they're like well you got to find your own body like you got to you know mara was able to reconstruct hers you got to you got to do the same thing like good luck um <laughs> yeah. tolan didn't quite have that luck so screw him uh, uh Tol- tolan does tolan tolan is tolan man they, <laughs> we're going to we're going to we're going to have a whole thing about tolan eventually but um so like that, I've... that whole deal there, like the 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 revelation, righteous fury, like found something out that was so like either either damning to Mara or damning to the Awoken people that she's just like, no, this no, not just no, this is hell no, and 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 that's that's what I that's what I took that as, and that's where like, and then the the. Uh, where Shirado drew loose, drew and then fell, lost. The the to me that's like, um, because it, it doesn't say died, but the fact that lost is, is spaced lost. out the way that right. Yeah. The fact that lost is spaced out like the way that the nine have always talked to us, it, and it's very much written like it's from the perspective of the nine. Lost to them could mean death to us. But it it we don't we, there could be like this lost in translation thing like what does lost mean in this sense? So I have and some that's, additional and that's a very additional pieces to add to this puzzle. Okay. Um, as as we've been talking, uh, it's gotten me thinking a little bit. Now, it's it, it is stated in lore elsewhere, and I don't have it in front of me. I can't give a source at the moment, but I know it is stated elsewhere. I believe in the emissary book. Um, lore book that the nine have for a very long time been seeking a way to make themselves corporeal. Uh, at at the moment, again, not going to get into all the nine stuff, but at the moment they are kind of metaphysical beings. They do not have a physical body, uh, that are tied to the fate of particular planetary bodies, uh, in the solar system. And they understand that if something were to happen to that planetary body, they would share, share its fate. And they don't want that. They want to be separate. They want to um, exist outside of that codependent relationship. And they have been trying very, very hard to find ways to accomplish that. Um, that's actually what Xur originally was, was try- them trying to understand how how bodies work in our plane of existence with the hopes of being able to make one for themselves, which they, they couldn't one. They came pretty close with there. So ish. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) if you don't mind tentacle face, like what the hell? (laughs) Um, I, I like to me that like Zer's face, Zer's form and his being the fact that it, 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 he, 
he was like the first attempt at an emissary. Uh, it says a lot about the nine and how they perceive us as mortal corporeal things. Like the face to them is like this unknown, right. you know, like well, there's, there's no form to it. The, the way that, that I, I perceived it was that um, the face of a, of a mortal being is constantly changing to show emotion and to portray, you know, to communicate Ooh. And they, with a very limited understanding of what that actually translates into, you know, made a always moving face. Um, oh. And and that's how he ended up with, you know, the tentacle monster. Uh, but, but let's not that's derail. good. Because I had another point no, I was trying to make. I, real quick, though, I like that. I like that idea. <laughs> okay, so, re, re-rail. So, <laughs> re rail pick up the train put it back uh, <laughs> put, it, put it on track four <laughs> um so we went we, to track 17 put it back we know the nine have been after a means of of having a corporeal form they state that the guardians uh are kind of the guardians and their paracausal abilities are their only hope now that the the what did they say now that they are the only paracausal beings in the system after the death of the wish dragons, that tells me that previously the nine were trying to use the Ahamkara wish magic to give themselves bodies. If they knew that Mara had access to an Ahamkara that she could make wishes to, without the normal repercussions and she intentionally kept that information away from them that could be considered a betrayal to the nine Holy if shit. the nine were trying to use ahamkara the the natural born or whatever ahamkara were out in the world at this time and you know sure was hunting them uh they could see that as a betrayal as like sure was an obstacle to their goals because she was killing off what they believed at the time was the one thing that could potentially give them a body. You know, they Holy could see shit. that as a betrayal. Uh, perhaps the nine were trying to use Mugen and Gunin um, for that, for that purpose. Maybe, maybe the nine had talked to these Ahamkara and drawn them away from the Dreaming City, hence becoming traitorous Ahamkara, and Sir was just there to hunt them down, and so they, you know, tried to prevent her from doing so. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities for how that, how that could have shook down, but I feel like the, the fact that the Nine, Ahamkara, and Sir were all in the same place, that whatever happened, happened, can't be coincidence. No, uh, specific, no way. especially when there's such a when the nine were very specifically seeking Ahimkara magic at the time. Holy cow! So I'm thinking something along those lines is probably what happened that ended made things end up in the way that they did. Holy cow! Yeah, this this just <laughs> mind blowing. <laughs> Literally explosion of minds. 
So. This floor is so good. It really is. There's one last thing I think we should cover in regards to Seer Ido. Um, and that is the dispelling or, or the reinterpreting of a very commonly held uh, belief by the community. Um, yes. This is it. This is the moment. All right. <laughs> everyone, everyone sit the hell down. Grab your popcorn. Because first off, we're going to have to read this lore entry start to finish like that's that's gonna happen uh th- this is the moment this back when we i say back when as if that was like years ago when we started the podcast night or at some point in time tonight we we're like it's very important that we make this connection that mara and shirido are wed they are lovers they are they are connected beings they are uh, uh partners however you want to put it there's a lore card that specifically deals with Lord Shax and the famous quote and the helmet stayed on. Okay. So myth, do you have that one pulled up? Uh, I don't have it. It's in its entirety, but I kept uh, all of the relevant parts. So it's, okay. it's a bit of an abridged version. That's um, fine. Rock and roll with it, myth. So this is on the mark of the hunt, the Titan uh, class item from the last wish raid. Uh, Mara has set all of her plans in motion. Um, there's nothing left for her to do but wait. And uh, she pulls a, a pistol from her holster and cracks off some shots into the wish wall uh, to make a wish to Riven. And uh, who appears in front of her but Lord Shax with a mug of coffee mid-conversation with somebody else? Uh, yelling something along the lines of, and then they all died. Uh, And Mara slaps the mug out of his hand. It shatters on the floor. She shoved a weathered book in his face and says, I told you there would come a time when I collect for the Reef Wars. Read this out loud. Shaq says, no one tells me what to do grabbing the book and incinerating it in a bolt of striker lightning i can recite the tempest by heart and he did mara sat and listened they stayed for a long time the helmet stayed on that's the bit that everybody knows is this lore card uh and they assume based on this reading that there was some kind of relations between Mara and Shax at this time. Uh, however, there is some additional context uh, that turns this into potentially a much different, different entry. That context exists on everyone's favorite gun from a couple of years ago, the Recluse. Uh, in the recluse, it is following Lord Shax. Uh, Shax is out in the reef. Um, not really sure why. He's patrolling of some sort. And just out of nowhere, gets hit with an arrow uh, to the shoulder. And it, like, it reels back. It's, there's so much power behind this arrow. He's, he's like reels back. And then a second one comes and it hits him in the, the other shoulder. And he's... Goes back, and then a third one it hits him in the thigh, and uh, and 
you know, Shax being Shax, his ghost is like, hey, do you want to transmit the heck out of here? And he's like, oh, no, they started this. I'm finishing it. Uh, and he's he's kind of limping <laughs> through the, the this area of the reef. Um, and he's thinking to himself, this was a ballista. You know, they, they've shot me with a ballista. Uh, and the exact thing is, this was the work of a ballista, he supposed. Dark age weaponry. Nothing else could hit so hard. And then he comes upon a figure. Figure, you're trespassing on Awoken Territory, Guardian. She called to him. Well, before that, <laughs> he looks at her and... She's. It, it's described that she is as tall as he was, if not taller. Her yes. bow, and then in in parentheses is like just a bow, an ordinary bow was certainly taller. So it wasn't even a ballista that that hit him. It was just sheer, just slap, slap, slap. Yep. Just yeah. And again, just to show off how deadly and crazy she was with with this this weapon. Uh. Shax, a warlord of the Dark Age, had mistaken it for a ballista, which is a siege weapon for yeah. attacking like castles and other fortresses and armaments. Um, so she, this, this figure approaches, uh, says, you're trespassing on Awoken Territory, Guardian. Declare yourself. Shax responds, who are you? He, he asked, <laughs> astounded. <laughs> I am the Queen's Wrath. Declare yourself. I will not ask again. She raised her bow, drawing it to its full capacity. He watched in amazement. It was just a bow. And she was just an ordinary awoken woman. And yet, you are a tempest, he replied. In the next instant, she killed him. It was the start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. Uh, so, the implication being made here is that... Uh, Tempest was, in fact, the nickname given to Shir Ido by Lord Shax. Uh, and I believe she is also referred to as the Tempest by Mithrax, although I wasn't able to dig that one up in time. Um, so, needless to say, it was a, a fairly well-known nickname of hers, was was the Tempest. Uh sure. And if we take that interpretation and we apply it to the mark of the hunt, uh, what has originally been established as, you know, maybe some some uh, pre-battle stress relief, uh, <laughs> is is maybe in fact two people that were you know close, one via romantic relationship and one via a, a friendship with Shir Ido uh, talking about their friend who who had passed, um, which would have been, would have had a certain poetry to it for Mara as she was inevitably, you know, this, this is uh, just, I think, the day before or days before, you know, she was going to, to die by Oryx's hand intentionally. Yep. Uh, so, you know, her wanting to reminisce about her you know the the good good stories uh about her her previous lover um before going off to do this you know th this dire and terrible thing would would make a lot of sense 
Uh, and that's that's the way I saw it as as well. Like it to to me the 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 whole they he they stayed quite a while and the helmet stayed on. Like they mean that in a literal sense. Like this wasn't a meeting of like stress pre battle stress relief. Uh, no, this was a remembrance of Sheer and and because at at this point in time at that point in time Sheer's Sheer's are Sheer's been dead. She's yes. gone. For uh, quite some Mars time preparing her, re, Yep, Mars preparing herself for that battle with Oryx, and and she knows the outcome of it. She's she knows that she's going there to die, mm-hmm. so she can slip past him into his ascendant plane, and and start her waiting period, of of whatever game that she's trying to play. That I think we're going to see play out a lot this season, mm-hmm. um, and definitely. Uh, in the Witch Queen, I think we're going to see a lot of it play out there, whatever that game continues to be. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I yeah, I, I I definitely do not. I I am a hundred percent under the belief that this was not a. <laughs> we keep dancing around it. They didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they I, just I, sat and told <laughs> stories of the Tempest. The Tempest being sheer, sheer, yeah, and, it, and that's the 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 last line is not only the helmet stayed on; it is the yeah. the helmet stayed on. Yeah, you know, that, and I yeah. think that's a that's an important distinction between Absolutely. how it should be interpreted. Um, Absolutely. And to another point, uh, say I don't know that Mara knows. Or, or thinks that Shear is coming back. The reason I say that is um, th- this is more of the Shirochi um, dialogue for the pilgrimage missions. Uh, in the garden of uh, um, the Eleusinia, there's a, a spot where there's that big tree on the bridge. Mm-hmm. It can take you to the, the bridge and it will say, and Shirochi says, that uh, we are not allowed to carve statues for the living. So when someone goes missing, instead of a statue, we plant a tree. This tree was planted by Mara in remembrance of Sheer Ido. So... And to me, that's interesting that, that in what we would consider our known universe being the dream city part of the the reef uh and therefore being part of the soul system planting a tree there but there is no statue of sheer ido in our soul universe the only t- the only place that we find that statue is in that shattered realm in the shattered throne and uh, say and and when it's described uh the the creation of the shattered throne um then known as uh Eleusinia, uh, it it's described as a combination of efforts through of Mara and Riven, um, and it's stated, uh, and and there she finally sculpted a statue for Sheer Ido, uh, which I taking those two pieces together, um, I would interpret as before Sheer's body was found, or or even after Sheer's body was found, uh the tree was there absolutely because on some level Mara didn't want to believe it. Uh, yeah. and when and, she, which is the, and that's that 
I mean, that's, that's very human. That, that's a very you human know, like, characteristic. Not even human. That's an awoken characteristic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's say their their people have have a very different different viewpoint on on death than a lot of the other races in the in the Destiny universe. Um, Absolutely. But I, reading that pilgrimage uh, dialogue and then the the dialogue for the the Shadow Throne where. And there she finally sculpted a statue for sure, Ido. Almost makes it seem like that's the moment where she has accepted that Sheer is dead. Like that that was a moment of she doesn't think she's yep. coming back anymore. Uh which makes me wonder because it is through that very statue that Sheer tells us that she is going to find a way home. Uh that Mara may not know that Shear is still out there in some form. Uh, she may truly think that she is, which, is which dead would just and gone. Be like if she shows up in this season, I mean, I think we're going to see if, if if she does show up in this season, and and obviously it'll be with Mara, however that is. Um, and again, we have this is not like a we've data mined any of this or anything. This is just no. us speculating that that Shear would come back this season or should come back this season uh, with all the lore points that we're looking at here. Um, and the, the season loss being centered around Mara when that does happen. And I say, when, and, and you just made this connection season of the lost. That lost is the last word in the wish. And that's lore what card. I'm getting at. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm getting at. It, when, when Shiro Chi reappears in front of Mara, I think we're going to have an insanely emotional sure, scene God there. damn it. Oh, damn it. I did it. I knew it. I did the whole thing without doing it once. Damn it. When sheer Ido, damn it. I, I was, I was doing good. I was so good about it the entire time. I was so impressed. I was guessing. I, damn it. Damn it. Uh. When Sheer Ido finally does come back to us and and comes back to Mara, because I, I truly think that's what Mara is using the Tekkens for. I think I think that Mara might actually know that Shiro's out there somewhere, and she wants to use the Tekkens to create leyline connections to bring her back. Mm, okay. That's, that's a that's, very interesting idea. That's what idea. I think. Because so so and we talked about this at one point in time and I'm and I'm gonna and I think I think we talked about this a little bit last week and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of bring it back into this one this week just mm-hmm. because the wish and her bow is so um, integral to Shiraido. So when we get this bow in game, uh, we come back to the Dreaming City and we find these things. We don't know what they are until we shoot one of them with the bow called the Wish Ender. When we shoot it. It, 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 it's a corrupted, it's described as a corrupted egg, and there's a triumph uh, associated called Corrupted Omelet, which, is, which states destroy all 40 um, corrupted eggs. These eggs, we believe to be, or at least we now believe, them to be the children of Riven in a taken form. So post-taken post Riven having laid eggs that are corrupted 
because of the taken corruption. Uh, and we are we are literally ending the wishes of those of those ahamkaras, those unborn ahamkaras. Which I think we have even more credibility for that theory now, knowing that Shear was described as a hunter of traitorous ahamkara, and oh. like, it just it, it it's got to be. <laughs> Her, her bow her bow is the wish ender like it is named the the wish ender she was the hunter of traitor shahamkara like that that's everything there just it, it keeps threading itself back into it into the same weave here and so we also know that in mara's chambers room right now you can you can go to her chambers room and uh as soon as you enter it's to the right on the, there's a little balcony section you jump up on there and then you kind of jump up a little bit and look through the gates there is a there is a what appears to be a corrupted ahamkara egg and i say appears to be corrupted because and and this is this is kind of like we we try to draw as many conclusions as we can but obviously none of us know the full story of anything we say it's a corrupted egg because it looks like what we shot but we have never seen we as 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 the player have never seen a non-corrupted egg, so we don't know if the look of the egg is changed when it is corrupted, or if that's just how Ahamkara eggs look. If it's that black and white taken-looking essence there. Now, the black and white, absolutely, as far as like a a to for for the for the the storytellers of Destiny and and the, and the developers of Bungie and and all that. For, to them to relay some sort of information to us, the player, they're trying to make that. I, I feel like they're trying to make that connection there, right? So they, mm-hmm. the, all the taken have the same look. They're that black and white kind of shimmery, half shimmery, half black, half white, um, very much looking like that. The the corrupted eggs that we destroyed, as well as that last egg that's sitting in her chambers. Uh, yep. That to to me. That says a lot. Like we don't we don't know how much power that thing has. We don't know if if Mara's wish is to get Shirido back. Like like the one time Mara had a desire was with Shir. That's I think that is so important to keep in mind going forward with this season of the Lost. So I'm gonna and, I, and, and I'm gonna yeah. spin another theory here. Alrighty. Um that, that doesn't necessarily negate yours, but it might be how it happens. Um, okay. So, I agree. The one time Mara has ever wanted for anything was in regards to Sheer and, like, a continued relationship with her. Uh, I If we follow the assumption... So, I, I'm going to say, let, let's assume that Mara truly does think she's dead and gone. And, like her building the statue was her accepting Shear's demise as, as being dead. Uh, and that Mara is not factoring Shear into any of her future plans. What if, okay. although Mara is very much uh, under the impression Shear is not, not around anymore and Shear truly is in the ascendant realm floating around somewhere. Oh, shit. Uh, that would be a pretty big bargaining chip for Savathun. Oh, and shit. Savathun is very accustomed 
to the ascendant realm has built her own throne world as you know has her siblings and we know that savathun doesn't die at the end of this season i oh, shit i could very easily see uh savathun going thanks for getting rid of my worm i know you want to kill me but by the way i have like the one person you actually care about so maybe don't Hell or something. <laughs> uh, Holy shit! All right, all right. Damn it! Which... Why do you always come up with a cooler fucking theory? <laughs> well, no. Damn this it. this would lead in <laughs> to that Ahamkara egg. If if Ahamkara can do some form of wish magic, even in a a unhatched state, like this this is the perfect Ahamkara monkey paw wish of you oh, know yeah. oh you you want to be reunited with sure. Uh, okay, but it's as a prisoner to Savathun. Figure Boom. that out. Like... Boom. Figure that out. I like that. I like... To me, that's exactly what the Alham card do. As soon as they make that, make, make that wish. Yeah, figure that out, dumbass. Like, sucks to suck, don't it? Oh. Alham cards are little shits, man. Or, or okay, let's, let's roll it back even more. I just had this thought. Oh, damn. Or. All right, last theory of the night. Last theory of the night. Or we know that Riven was present when Shear and Mara had their discussion of, of devotion for each other. And that that was the one and only time they've ever mentioned Riven feeding off of Mara. What if the last wish is that wish from so many years ago and the she... Oh, shit is Mara wishing for Shear, and that is what has caused everything up till this point in order for Savathun to use her as a bargaining chip. God damn it. Why don't you come up with all the cooler <laughs> theories? <laughs> I get this really cool idea, and then like you come up with like the, this grander one, and I'm like, well, shit, that makes sense too. Why can't it be that? Like... Why not both? <laughs> Por que los dos? Por que los dos? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we're gonna we're gonna end up we're gonna end this stream tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've definitely covered a lot in two hours, um, two hours plus tonight. Uh, man, I holy shit, man! This is so many more questions than answers tonight, and so many more theories and and threads to be intertwined into all these different stories that we've been telling over the last few weeks, and and that we're gonna continue to tell. Uh, for the unforeseeable future. Like I, I'll tell these, I'll, I'll have myth. I'll keep my, my helmet on every night that Miss tells me a story. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, in, in typical fashion here, I, I do like to throw some thanks out <clears throat> as always. Thanks to my, uh, I say my thanks to our producer, uh, eclipse, uh, for streaming these things and, and joining us here on these, on these nightly journeys. Uh, if for no other reason, just to have something to listen to while he is farming his bounties and, and doing the true end game of destiny, which is destiny. Uh, no problem. You to... <laughs> uh, thank you to my co-host, uh, Myth. Uh, this, this thing wouldn't, wouldn't have materialized and, and existed without you. I, this, I absolutely love these journeys that we go on and I love these discussions that we have. These are really deep, uh, uh, 
thoughts and theories and, and trying to piece everything together that the, the entire Destiny community truly is trying to do, I think, all, all at once. And for us to have our own little uh, our own little throne world, our own little Senate plane, our own little pocket <laughs> universe where we're doing this. Yeah, that's I'm I'm absolutely grateful for that. Um, uh, of course, thank you to everyone that 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 stopped in. I know uh, Alpha was in here for a little while. Uh, um, I know he'll catch the rest of it later. Uh, I'm sure there's there's tons more people watching tonight, and and I know I know Big Scotty and and Tina Taliano and and even Keiston. Like they, I know they listened to it uh, throughout the week. Um, uh, so yeah, this this was a fantastic journey uh, uh, through through the 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 life of I say the life of as if it's over like we don't know of Shirado. Um I mean Shirochi. No Shirado. <laughs> I mean I made it the whole night. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> One mistake. Damn it. All right. Uh, but yeah. So uh, with that, Myth, do you have anything? Uh, no, say I think you, you said it all pretty well, and say always fun to have an excuse to do some lore diving and, and have a discussion like this, and hopefully others can enjoy it as well, so. Yeah, it's always super interesting. Awesome. Awesome. Well, from us lore nerds, uh, to all of you Guardians out there, have a wonderful night, and, uh, we'll see you next week. All right, take it easy. <laughs>